Hello everybody, this is Jerry Lee the Manifester and I'm so happy to be with you today. This will be a deep subject and you will need to just receive this by faith and receive this by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I want to take you on a journey and this journey will take you into a collective region of thinking a thinking that will connect you to many of the teachings I have done in the past and also the recent series about the astounding uh, Bible revelations uh, of the universe. That series will uh, go on and on and on uh, into the uh, future of the world and uh, I just want you to be a part of understanding all of this. So. Today, we want to think about where the world is in the sense of being able to understand these spiritual things. Well, to begin with, <coughs> excuse me, a large part of the world is not interested in the things of God. That does not mean that they will be lost. There's a time and a chance, the Bible says in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, that will be given to every person. Everyone will have an, an equal time. Everyone will be given an equal chance. And whatever it takes uh, for that illusion of life, they will be given those opportunities. You know, the world abounds with people who are seriously deficient in the proper um, direction of life. And we can't judge them. We must not judge them. Jesus taught us not to judge them. But that uh, disorientation that they have is like a disease, and uh, it is a, it is a uh, cause for them turning in a circle uh, in their directions and choices of life. There uh, is a lost world of minds wandering in confusion out there. Interestingly, lots of things are happening during this time. They are discovering more and more archaeological uh, finds that are <coughs> really revealing some awesome uh, uh, truths. Uh, some of the things that are being found, I know most recently they have found uh, a wall, substantially built wall that, that they are very sure was was built during the time of Solomon building the first uh, temple. And that is very, very important because it does fulfill certain prophecies of the Bible as to where the temple should be built. Now, the thing about these discoveries in archaeology, I believe, are of God. They're of God because there is, there is a time for the knowledge of the Lord to cover uh, the world as the waters of the seas cover the earth. It is very, very important uh, for people to come into this kind of understanding. Now, the recent things that have been given to humanity, like the, the GPS devices that people are using in their automobiles, that people are using on their cell phones, helps them to find directions. This has been an incredible help for people who are just not able to negotiate and remember how to negotiate uh, getting around in life. Long, long before the GPS discovery, and oh, I might say this, that for many, many years, uh, when that discovery was first came out, the military grabbed onto it. 
and uh, they would not let that be released commercially into in public because they found it really important for homing devices uh, for their missiles and and the dropping of uh, bombs. But then eventually Clinton, President Clinton, uh, called for it to be released, and it has been a boom uh, for the world for people disorientated and lost. But long before that, as I started to say, God was way ahead of that, and he allowed his Holy Spirit uh, to be to be given first on a special individual basis, and then after the resurrection of Jesus on a general basis to whosoever will. And the Bible teaches that this Holy Spirit was given to lead and guide men to all truth and to bring back the remembrance of things that had been lost. A great part of the people being disorientated is their short-term memories are so short that they cannot position themselves according to the remembrance of those things that they see, uh, which would be a help in, in direction to them finding the way. As we teach these things, you need to know that your memory is important. It's important for you to remember the things that I, have, I am saying. And you need to understand that this revelation that I am now teaching is not something that's just right off the press. This is something that I have received over the last almost 50 years of, of uh, being a servant of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, uh, our God, which art in heaven, which uh, is called the Father's house. And that is not the heaven of heavens, uh, which is the infinity heavens of the spirit, but it is a heaven that is made available in the physical infinity of this uh, universe. So understanding this is very, very important uh, because uh, this revelation was from, was from Gabriel. And like I say, almost 50 years ago, God revealed this teaching I'm teaching you now. And, and, uh, but the world was not ready for it because God had told me that when I chose to come when I did into this world and that I was insistent on coming at this time, that I was coming a hundred years before my time. So I would have to live, uh, <laughs> over a hundred years and, you know, all things are possible. Uh, for me to be caught up with the time of this revelation that I received. So I do not expect, um, you know, uh, there to be crowds of people that are just tumbling uh, into the fold of this understanding. But I do believe that there are distinct people who are called uh, to, to come into this holy manifest revelation. And we call these people the destinata. They are destined. And there are many places in the Bible that teach this kind of destiny. Uh, and, and from out of that destiny come the teaching of the holy manifest called the dignitaries. We cannot cover everything in this teaching. And, and this will be uh, a, a new kind of teaching that we're doing today. And it's going to be more involved in getting in the, the, into the particular uh, aspects of scriptures. So we're going to get into, you know, the meaning and the interpretation of these scriptures. The Bible tells us that the nine gifts that were given by the Holy Spirit were given with the, uh, the idea uh, that they were a, a complete segment of of a need for the church, that the church needed this to overcome. One of, 
one part of that segment was the whole concept that there needed to be an interpretation of unknown tongues. Now, there are languages spoken by God, which the Bible describes in the 19th chapter of Psalms as the sound that goes out across all the heavens. And there is no place in the entire heavens of the universe that that sound has not been carried. In Psalms, it's called the line, which means also measurement. In Romans 10, it is translated to the word sound. So this idea that this message is out there, but <clears throat> to most people, it is it is a noise, and they cannot interpret that noise. It's an unknown tongue, and it takes the, a special moving of the Holy Spirit to interpret uh, by the gift uh, of of uh, translation, the gift of interpretation, uh, the meaning of, of those uh, various kinds of revelation. So here's the point. Um, you will not be able to understand even the things that I am teaching, except it's the Holy Spirit it gives you an opening to do so. There's a beautiful scripture in the book of Psalms that says, open the gates. And it's, it's an appeal to, to the people to open the gates of their mind and let the King of glory come in. The King of glory wants to come into your mind. He wants to come into your heart. He wants to change you from the person you are into a brighter, a more supercharged person capable of understanding these things that before you have not even had an interest because you were not charged with the equilibrium that it takes to have that kind of an interest because you did not have the the information to stimulate you. But now the, the information is being poured out upon you and the stimulation is just minute particles away. And some of you have already been stimulated. Some of you are, are into the excitons. And that is a most momentous uh, time of occasion. As I started to say, Across the world today, they are making gains in the archaeological world, and what it is revealing is the ancientness of time. <clears throat> Sad that this could not have been revealed by the um, revelation uh, through the through the Bible in in a, a major world way, so that people could have known that the that this knowledge was from the book of of God, the Holy Bible. Uh, sad that there were uh, pastors who were leading the sheep astray and they were being scattered upon the hills. Sad that there were people who, who in their own minds had dug into a defensive mental position that their idea had, had uh, quality over anyone else's possible idea. And that is what ends up tying things in a knot and keeping the word of God from rolling on across the plains, across the, the continents of the world, across the seas and oceans of the world. But today we are ready to break the sound barriers. We are ready to open the codes. We are ready to show you uh, the Akava and, and the solution of riddles. Um, we will not be able to do this just in one teaching. It will take who knows how many teachings. But I'm going to do that with this new format. Uh, I'll go for maybe 40 minutes here or less. And then Janet will come on with another five-minute uh, episode. Then I will come back and uh, bring some more of this teaching. <coughs> but I will do it in a way that... Um, 
that I am, uh, you know, um, opening the scriptures. And if it takes time to go through those scriptures, it'll just take that time. And if the scriptures of God, which is the Holy Word of God, bores you, then that means you need to go into repentance. You need to get yourself right with God because you are probably in a backslidden mode and you don't even know it. I'm not trying to call you any names. Most of my people that I've talked with that I know out there, I love you very much. But I'm not the kind of person that is going to beat around the bush and not tell the facts about the conditions. And the conditions become evident when people, uh, you know, are hardened so that, that they cannot receive the word of God. Now, there's a lot of, um, you know, um, anxiety in the world today. And so people are not, as glee as excited about the uh, about the uh, in new inventions and 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 about the new discoveries that are being made new discoveries in science new discoveries in biology and in chemistry and in uh, in space uh, with with uh, you know um, everything that has has to do uh, with with the the reality of what the universe really is. Now, they are far, far, far from knowing the whole reality, and they even admit that, you know, they, they probably is less than 5% of the reality of, of existence that they really understand as far as the cosmic realm is concerned. But um, your anxiety will not help you. That will not help you, you know. Uh, sometimes those things become repetitious uh, uh, patterns in a life, and um, they will they will foul you up so that um, your ideas will offer you no no deliverance because your ideas are captive under certain limitations that do not allow you to be to be set free and exonerated from your own sins. So, I want to call you to get out of the out of the ruts that you have been in, to get into a new freedom of life. I want to call you to, uh, to get out of those things that are vexing uh, uh, humans all over the planet. And I want to invite you, um, wherever you are on this globe as you listen to this message, uh, to a commitment of, of uh, compassion for, for, the, for the suffering people of the world. Now, there are things in the Bible that that are about time. And this is where the, the Christian race and many other religions, not all religions, but many religions, have, have utterly failed in understanding the extent of time. The Bible tells, tells us in Genesis uh, chapter 114 of star time, that, this, that we are under the, the, the sun, which is a star. And, and that star time has to do with us understanding things based on the understanding of that long length of time. We call it in the manifest, the long time. And without the understanding of the long time, you cannot possibly come into the understanding of the heaven of heavens, of the methods of God, of the way that the Bible has for interpreting the things that it says. Because when you put things into the short time, prophecies fail. When you put things into the short time, discerning fails. When you put things into the short time, even your insights uh, that you hope will inspire you to believe fail. So the thing of it is, is we want to eradicate. 
We want to diminish. We want to get rid of those rut ways that you have been living in mentally. And we can help you to do that if you will believe. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews that Abraham was called out of the Babel system. He was called out of that system and told to just take his family and head out. And the Bible says he did not know where he was going. He did not know what he was doing. Well, he was given tribute. He was given recognition by Paul uh, of his greatness of faith because he was willing to, willing to go into the unknown. I am calling you today as I give this teaching to be willing to go into the unknown as Abraham did and how important that was to his life and his family and to the direction of the Hebrew people and to the future of all those who would read the Bible and begin to believe there was something of speculation that was beyond speculation, something of hope that was beyond uh, human hope and, and earthly hope that was so great and so undiminished and so shining as a star and so indelibly written that there was nothing anywhere that could possibly confirm a difference. I want you to believe that as I get into these teachings, and I want you to be willing to go out into the unknown and to walk those trails with me. And I want to, as an interpreter and translator of this deep word of God, manifest you into these new regions of, of the mind so that you will understand there are worlds that has existed, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, 1 through 3. You need to understand that these worlds and that the important part of these worlds is the explanation by the Spirit unto Paul that all the things that we see today uh, in the, the earth that are in this world, this kingdom of the world, uh, were made from things that do not appear. Now, unless you come into the knowledge of the things that do not appear, you will never really understand the manufacturing process, the, the spiritual manufacturing process. You will never understand the order. You will never understand the the what constitutes, what is the ingredients of what makes the physical things. Now, I know that they get into sin and blood and they get into various kinds of cells and acids and all the various things they look into chemistry wise I'm talking beyond that I'm talking about what the Bible is saying in chapter 11 of Hebrews 1 through 3 where it talks about this thing that things that are seen that means everything that's out there that your eyes can focus upon, that can see, is made of things that do not appear. So where am I taking you today? I'm taking you into the unknown tongues, which is part of this world that cannot be seen. It's the invisible world that we've been preaching about in the series uh, the last few weeks. And I'm taking you into that world to help you to see what you could not see before by the Spirit of God of the translation of of these things and this is this is nothing to my credit nothing to my smarts and you want to get that on your plate first thing i give all the credit to this knowledge uh to the holy spirit that caused uh the the understanding of this to come via the hand of gabriel the archangel the great prince 
and 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 uh, I'm not going to get into the why he came to me. I know it was not of any worthiness that I deserved, but I know that you know when when you pick up a phone, whatever phone that is, and it gets charged by the Holy Spirit by the power of elect of electricity or electricity as you might want to call it, uh, it takes whatever that is and it uses it, and that was me. I was whatever that I was, and God used me as I was, just like the song says, just as I am, I come to thee, you know, without without one plead. I'm just who I am. I'm what I am. But when God comes into that type of a person, it gives him glory, and it gives him, uh, you know, a, a act of personification uh, a, to, to take something that is is nothing and and to make out of that a vessel to be used to deliver a great word so as we keep on with this message today there's things like the word forever and uh, we've often shown that if forever was the total sum of 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 the uh, never, uh, you know, ending this as we in our lifetime can see it, uh, would understand, uh, that there would not be an, used in the Bible the extra term forever and ever. Forever and ever then exalts, uh, you know, until the, uh, end of the, of the universe. I've done that teaching already in the astounding Bible, uh, revelation of the universe. You can go back and listen to some of those. I can't repeat all these same things or we'll never get off the same track because we are getting ready to switch tracks and, and go on, uh, you know, beyond the vanishing. Because the Bible says that right now all the humans are at a point where where the limits of their understanding is to the vanishing point, and uh, some people have a vanishing point that comes on sooner than others other people but i I want to take you you know uh to to some understanding that this subject today is about the gog factor and the alpha world people say i've never heard of anything like that before well that's good that's a notch up isn't it that you have a chance to hear something you haven't heard before uh you know don't people get diminished when they just get third grade fourth grade over and over again it becomes so repetitious uh that that it it, it spews out boredom from day to day but you know this thing of the uh the factor the gog gog factor and the alpha world is very very important interestingly in chapter 10 of genesis which has the list of the nations uh that it does not list gog nor one of the words that we will come across as we get into the teaching r-o-s-h rosh and um they're not found no they're not found in the table of nations listed in the 10th chapter now there's only a few scriptures that talk about gog uh first chronicles 5 4 um gog was a son of japheth who was who was a son of noah and um you can find that also in the table of content uh uh you know uh, uh 2 uh but but uh, not in the same way that that we are talking about here then we get into Ezekiel 38 uh 2 3 14 16 18 uh of the verses and Je and Ezekiel 39 1 and 11 all of this is old testament revelation uh and strangely and unusually and uh no doubt in a very uh deep 
profound way, uh, John the Revelator then brings back this whole concept of Gog uh, in Revelations 20, uh, verse 8, etc. So, uh, Gog is a prince. Now, um, this is a very important thing because when we talk in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, it tells us that there are principalities and powers. And there are the dark principalities and powers, and there are the principalities and powers of, of light. Now, the word prince is an abbreviation, so to speak, of the word principality. So if you're a prince in the spiritual context, you are a principality. If you are a principality, you are an arch angel. Arch because any, any entity that reaches the point of being a, a principality or a prince is into anxiousness. You do not arrive there without anxiousness, being ancient. And when you get into that ancient in this, then you get into an unrolling of the scroll. Uh, you get into a um, a deep phantom, phantoming of 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 revelation that is so obscure to the average human being, so removed to the mind of the average human being uh, that it is almost a magnifying sensation. When those people hear such a thing, and they are sometimes are are um, uh, put into confusion as to how could such things be true. Again, I bring you back to Abraham. Again, I ask you to do what Abraham did, to go out from where you are, to leave Babylon, which is the confusion of languages, the confusion of religion, the confusion of ideas. <coughs> the confusion of the reality of God, the confusion of your place in God as to your position with God, as to your destiny with God, as to your role for God. I want you to get out of there. Just hear me and listen. Get out of there. Move on. And it's like that song, move on, brother, move on, sister, this is the moving day. I want you to be able to say, there's never been a day like this day. On this day in January, January 6th, a Sunday, Sunday, I heard this revelation about the Gog factor and the Alpha world, and somehow it set my feet to dancing. Somehow it moved me with such a uh, furry of the mind that I was able to be changed, changed from this creature that I was. I want you to be able to say that someday, because I believe the power of the living God, the Holy Spirit, is rushing out across the airwaves across the internet uh, uh, circuits uh, to your ears and, and is having an effect in your body and in your mind that you may not totally even realize until it has a day of coming on. And when it comes on, it's going to simulate your circuits of thinking. So as we look at these scriptures and we realize something very important, in the Old Testament, we will see that it, it gives the ideology, or the ideology, as some people like to say it, that Gog was a man. If it does even say that. And yet there are aspects in its connection, connection with Magog that places it as possibly being a region. I do not interpret that term and, and that idiom as being a region. I interpret it as being a world. And in, and in 
the book of Hebrews uh, one, uh, uh, pardon me, eleven one through three, uh, it makes it clear that there were worlds. Why the teaching even says that if you are not forgiven in this world, there's a possibility you will not be forgiven in the other world to come. So we see that worlds are always coming, and worlds are, can be another name for cosmos, or or can be another name for living conditions under a particular title. We have are now in the eighth universe. There, ha, there. This is the eighth universe that has existed. But before those universes, there was the Alpha Ages, and we'll show you the scriptures for that. We will show you the breakdown so that you can know that this is the Word of God. But I have to ask for your patience. I have to ask for a breath and a width of time uh, and of understanding and 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 to open a causeway that this word may come into you and that this word uh may be something that will charge you uh, with an epiphany uh, 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 that will open a new framing uh, action and workshop so that your network will be of a crystalline lattice lattice of which it describes in the book of revelation that the that the old testament people moses etc and the new testament people uh, jesus christ the disciples uh, were seen standing and dancing on the crystal sea which is all part of this revelation as i mentioned last week so as we think then about this thing of 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 the person uh if we were talking about a person it just can't be any kind of a person can it because if that person existed and was prophesied about the prophets of old and it was about a time of old and that prophet ex existed called god or that person existed called god back then and all of a sudden that person's going to exist again in revelations 20 and 8 then that is such a long duration of thousands of years that person is not a regular person not a regular human not a regular mortal so then when i begin to talk about this subject of god you can understand just based on the facts of the bible that the revelation of this whole story is something more profound than just the human factor alone that's why we call it the gog factor because there is so much that goes along with that and and it is so absolutely uh, interesting, intriguing, exciting, and and uh, uh, wow, we're, we're just getting opened up here. Uh, blessed be the name of God. So <clears throat> we call instead of calling as some people have interpreted region, we you know or land, we call that world like like the the alpha world. And is there Bible for that? Yes, there is. The Bible actually talks about the generations of the alpha alpha and the generations of the omega and i will show that to you after a bit so if there are generations which is referring to life and living entities of the alpha ages then that's something that happened before the omega ages and there is bible then uh profound and we will like i say i will show that show that to you and um the 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 thing with with the word uh gog then as meaning a person uh and also uh in connection with magog meaning a a a, a world a region a land uh and and the getting into the deep of uh, magog uh, it it can represent uh, the apex 
the highest point of a dwelling generation. So there was in a great, great history, a history so long, so beyond the the 240,000 or 240 million years of the dinosaurs. And, and let's get this straight, by the way. Uh, it was a fellow in uh, 1841 who first coined the word dinosaur. That name did not exist. And when they had found these ancient bones and skeletons of these monstrous beings, they called them dragons. <coughs> so for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, when people were dealing with these gigantic uh, dragons, uh, gigantic bone skeletons and so forth, they were called dragons, which was the proper name. But in eight, nine, uh, 1841, a gentleman came up with the word uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, changing, changing it to these dinosaurs. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem calling them dinosaurs, as long as we understand that dinosaurs uh, fraction off from being a part of the um, uh, of this this whole whole thing that has has to do with. Um, uh, you know, uh, with what the real truth of the Bible is. Okay, I'm making one more point here, and then we're going to have an interlude. Um, <coughs> the apocalypse. People talk about the apocalypse a lot, and it's written from a code of meaning of the Old Testament of the Bible and draws into the New Testament for revelation. We have to realize that the apocalypse is just not what is coming or now, but it's also from the past. There's actually a scripture that talks about about the end of time uh, that then was, you know, related to the Old Testament. Okay, we're going to take an interlude here for about five minutes, and I will be back to continue.
Here we are. Thank you, Janet Lee, so much. I'm so thankful for the, the crew, the people that we have here. I have uh, right now um, Steve Phillips, we call him Zach, powering the, 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 the going on here of this broadcast. And then looking over his shoulder, I've got Brian in Los Angeles standing by for any help that is needed. Thank God for that. Then, of course, uh, Zach, Steve Phillips, was chosen many, many years ago when I made a flight up to Canada, and I was to find this particular location where the rivers Twain met. And um, he was chosen out of a whole church of people. And... Um, he was a young man then, and we flew up there, and we walked back into the wilderness, and and it was quite quite an experience. Uh, someday I'll I'll tell you about it. Uh, he's one of these people that sort of uh, keeps silent, doesn't try to to impose himself. But you know, one day when I have moved on to another realm, uh, I'm sure he'll be very active, and there'll be no question about that. And he's married to one of my, the daughters of my wife and I, Janet Lee and myself, called Stara, and they have two wonderful children. And uh, we called the young boy Zachary and the young lady Tanyuel after one of the names of the manifest. From the Holy Manifest, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read something here. The Holy Manifest, that is a huge book. Much of that was written from the inspiration I received through Gabriel the angel. And I want you to pray that I will one day soon <clears throat> be able to publish the Holy Manifest book and be able to publish the Peace Bible. <clears throat> Here it goes. Many manifold spans of successions ago. That wording right there is incredible. When I received it, I never heard language like that before. Because you'd always want to say it a long, long time ago. But when you are 
in certain realms of happenings. It isn't involved in the time thing. <clears throat> it reconciles to a different kind of accounting. And so the wording here to describe that different kind of accounting is manifold, sp manifold spans of successions ago. Manifold spans of successions ago, what could that mean? Well, it wasn't involved in a time because of its particular connection to a timelessness of connection with the almighty, invisible God. And uh, this connection is the only time in all of the manifold spans of successions that God directly ever lived among his creations. And the manifest, holy manifest, tells the story of the all of God. God, the, in the revelation of the all of God, is so sensational, so beyond the apex of our human mind, that only by the Holy Spirit can we, become into, come, can we come into the fusion of those ideas and those concepts. But when there was the existence of God that has never, ever not been, there was a time, if you want to call it that, or a span, a manifold span of successions, that there were not other creatures that lived outside as entities, outside of the spirit world of, of God. And this first creation, the Alpha Ages, actually was, was partialized as being into the inner Alpha Ages, which was the environment that God in his first order his first person also lived. And although there was the separation of how God communicated with these Alphans, he communicated with them with flashings of light and something very near in description and depiction to the energy dots in which they were able to read these because they had the minds to do so. But interesting enough, what this word will tell is that these creations were not big physical hunks of flesh like we humans are, but they were creations of a different type of substance that did have a physical aspect but they were very, very teeny. They were very teeny. Now, people say, well, then they couldn't have had any much, much intelligence because, you know, you need to be, have a big brain, big head like the humans do. Well, that's not, you know, true at all because you've got elephants that have a massive head, but they don't have near as much intelligence as a human, although they can, they're intelligent. But there are actual cases that have been discovered. For instance, insects 
have small brains, but they can perform mental gymnastics. Some can even categorize objects, recognize human faces. Insects can recognize the difference of one human from another. That is awesome. And with the brain, which is only the size of a pinhead, they have a brain the size of a pinhead, and they can do this. Now let's take, for instance, the honeybees. They can classify shapes. They can uh, symmetrical uh, lies and, and also um, asymmetrical lies. Objects based on concepts like something is the same or something is different. They can base their flying strategy as to when to stop flying a distance based on landmarks rather than a measurement of distance. More than, than that, <clears throat> they have many different kinds of <clears throat> of behaviors. It is estimated, and they're probably short on count, that bees have at least 50 different types and kinds of behaviors. They can also recognize faces from a variety of angles. They can be looking at a human or or some other kind of critter from all these different perspectives and angles and still recognize the difference of one critter, one person from another. That is something, ladies and gentlemen, that the computers, the greatest computers in the world, cannot yet do. And so, in this world that was made, the Alphan Alpha world. It is so important to understand all this. Some say, why do we need to know all of that? Why don't you need to know it? If the knowledge of God is going to cover the, the earth as the waters cover the sea, what do you think that's about? You think that's about all the same thing people have been preaching, you know, in which Paul wrote and said, it was, it's time for us to go on to perfection, to lay aside the fundamental teachings, including the resurrection, including the laying on of hands, including all these incredible things that most people are teaching in the Christian uh, setting that are the major factors of doctrine. And yet Paul said, no, you've got to go beyond that. There is perfection levels, different kinds, and then there is plu-perfection, which is the perfection of perfection. And you can be sure that that's what God can be described as plu-perfect. Well, as we get into this thing about the all of God, we have to understand that God was, his, was a world just in himself. <clears throat> And in the constant, the manifest teaches us of his holy song of being, 
in the constant of his holy presence of the glories of the glories. One instant there was a flick, a spark rolled out because the whole great presence of God was so magnified and so expanded that there was a pressurization of the glory and a spark flew out into the outside of that dimension. And the manifest teaches that that was the beginning of the creation of Gog. That spark eventually became Gog. Now, let's just look in the Bible at the 41st chapter of, of Isaiah. Isaiah 41. And let's, let's get some scripture for this so that we can know where we're going. Here's what the Bible says. And this is so very, very important. We're looking at chapter 41 of Isaiah, verse 4. Speaking of God, who hath wrought and done it. Now get this, calling, calling the generations. Now generations are talking about creation entities. From the beginning, I the Lord the first and, and with the last, I am he. Now what do we have there in the first and the last? Well, if you go into the book of Revelations, Revelations 1, 8, here, here is what it says in Revelations 1, 8, and I'm going to come back to Isaiah, but Revelations 1, 8 firstly introduces us to this saying, likewise also, <clears throat> no, wait a minute, uh, we want uh, Revelations, um, yeah, Revelations 1, 8, um, Okay, what this is about is about where it, introdu it introduces us to the Alpha and Omega. So here, here, is, here is what it says in verse, in verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. <clears throat> now, in the always... Only in our language can we understand that as the was, the is, and the to come. That's for the sake of the humans. But in the always, there never was a was. There never was any of these other things. It was all a continuation, a, a never stopping, never ending, never beginning episode. But we get it very clear of the Alpha and the Omega being the beginning and the ending, as it tells it there in Revelations 1.8. Then back in, in the book of Isaiah 41, it says, Who hath wrought and done it, calling, this is verse 4, the generations from the beginning, I the Lord the first, and with the last I am he. These generations, there was a first. 
and those were called the Alpha Generations. And then the last generations were called the Omega Generations. So the universes are all part of the Omega Generations. Whereas before then, there was the Alpha Generations. There is your Bible. There is just a particle of the proof. Proof. There is so many, many, many other scriptures. Now we have Hebrews 11 chronicalized classified when it says in chapter 11 now faith is the substance of things hoped for we do not normally think of faith as being a substance we think of it as being an idea a an expression a belief but this scripture shows us that there is something about the spirit of a thing that actually has substance when alluded to being involved with the spirit world. We're not alluding this to be involved in the first sense of expression with the physical world. But there is a thing that happens. So how did how did God before he made Gog and these other entities of the Alpha, Alphan or Alpha agents in Omega World have any company. Was he just alone in the world of his mind? God is never alone. You see, God's power of thought is so of essence, so of empowerment that the spirit of love becomes personified. And as that spirit of love becomes personified within the kingdom of God's mind, it takes on a spirit of entity. When all these other various characterizations and essences take on a personification, they become a spirit of entity, not the kind of entity that it describes in the first chapter of John, in which the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But later in that, that chapter, it says, and the Word became flesh. So there is a point in the Omega revelation where the Word became flesh. There was a distinctive separation from God because flesh, the Bible says, is, is in enmity with God. And so when the Bible says that God created good and evil, that become fulfilled from the idea that when God made it so man could choose and have a will, that he could also choose to become evil. And because God had made that proposition that in that sense God created both good and evil the potential of good and evil so then back to the 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 all of God the one you know the one God within God's world of the mind there were these personifications and these personifications were messengers and they were able from their own fragrance and from their own inspiration 
of the particular essence, whether it be love, whether, whether it be knowledge, wisdom, to crystallize on the episode of those particular essences. And as they, those were uh, brought into advanced function, they become as though it were they would be angels because they were messengers, which is the Greek interpretation, angel for the word messenger. So God had in his mind world all of these personifications. And they existed and they were not defective because they came out of the pure essence of God and the pure energy of God. And because they came from the pure energy of God and the pure essence of God, he had an absolutely perfect world at all time. And there was no such thing as creating the good and the evil, the potential of good and evil. That had to happen in the outside world. It had to happen in a physical world. And the explanation in Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That there, there exists evidence of things not seen. And God is wanting us to understand this faith. He's wanting us to understand this evidence. And this evidence is something that the world out there who calls themselves Christians mostly have not ever had. They have never had the evidence. They've never had the word because it's not been manifested to them. And so they have been going around in those circles of confusion without any kind of director to tell them which road to turn on, which path to take, and the possibility of alternate paths. They've not been able to take advantage of that. But when this consonant took place and the spark went outside of this spatial region of the glory of God, that was the beginning of Gog, G-O-G. And that created the potential for a entity to have its own well. We see by the teachings of Jesus that the ultimate plan is to become one with him and one he and all those that become one with him become one with the Father. And we understand in the teachings of co-uning that when you are co-uned like an archangels are, have other angels that reach the point of accountability to where they're equal to, to what an archangel is and they co-uned with the reigning archangel that they, take, they enter into that spirit and they become one with that spirit of, of how it thinks, how it acts. But they, you know, they, they are miraculously a one, unlike anything that people think of in their unity and, and in their unionizations of, of trying to put together plots of, of harmony. Now, this is deep. Yes, I know. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence. I'm trying to bring you the evidence. For by it the elders obtained a good report. There were some of the elders that did retain a good report. John went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw things. They saw 
transliterations. They, they, they saw transfigurations that was not of this world. And Jesus would say you know, that, that some of these things were not of this world. And people couldn't get that idea because in the time of Jesus, they thought the Messiah <coughs> was about the whole concept of being able to come in and set up his kingdom in the world based on that kind of information. Satan took off knowing that the religious people really believed that and offered to Jesus the kingdoms of the world a fast and easy way. He would step back if he would just agree that Lucifer should be put at the head, should be worshipped. <coughs> well, that was all interesting. <coughs> that was all very interesting. But Jesus knew that that was not the plan, and Jesus said something. He said, look, if this were my world, and he told this to Pilate, if this was my world, then I wouldn't be so easily to just have been brought in here by your soldiers. My kingdoms and my servants would fight. They would fight. But because this is not my world, not my kingdom, my servants will not fight. We need to get these scriptures down, folks. We need to get them into our minds. Later I will give you all those verses. I have in the past, but I'll give them to you again. We understand, verse uh, 3 of chapter 11 of Hebrews, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, if the worlds were framed by the word of God, and in the beginning was the word, beginning meaning alpha, then we can see that worlds were framed by God so that God had, the, had worlds in his mind. And worlds in his mind definitely end up connecting connecting to um, connecting to uh, uh, whatever it is that that you want to make out of it that you can handle with your brain but here's the thing um, <clears throat> in the manifest revelation it brings us these personifications and they're like like angels that lived within his mind because that's what God really is, is a mind. And we've never been able to understand in our human focus how that a mind could be like that. And so here we see through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were made of things that do not appear. And here we get into the little things. The little things. You know, when the children of Israel during the 40 years in the wilderness were being fed manna, it was called a bread of heaven. Now, that bread of heaven actually belonged to another world. So Jesus made it clear that you know, people weren't going to be saved in this world with a bread that came from another world, but it was used on a special occasion by the angels. And it was used in a very incredible way because it did not recognize the seventh day. It would, not, it would not grow on the seventh day. It would only grow six days. And we will later find that, that, the, that six uh, can be uh, 
related to a, a, the sixth dimension. And when we get into the sixth dimension, we get into the dimension where, where Gog was. So when we get into the number 666, and we understand as the manifest teaches that those are atomic numbers like a six protons, six electrons, six neutrons. And so they're atomic numbers. They're, they're, they're things that cannot be seen with the, with the naked eye. And we begin to understand that. And you have a 666. Then you can take that further on back. You can take that further on back. That mark of the beast can actually go all the way back to Gog because it comes from the sixth dimension as I will later read scripture showing you this incredible truth of Gog. So that the 666 not only means these unseen characteristics of the invisible world, of the proton, the, the neutron, the electron, but it means in addition to that, the number six, because collectively you have the 666, and collectively then you have a manifold and that manifold then brings you back to Gog because he comes from the sixth dimension. And that's what we have to get into with all our Bible scriptures and our teachings, which we will. And when you begin to see this, ladies and gentlemen, you can't get away from the truth if you really want to know the truth without it revealing the ancient revelations of that which was, of that which is and that which is to come, which in the, 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 the first chapter of Revelations and the 14th verse was how John was told to write the Revelation book. And if the Revelation book was to be written like that, which in the, um, it's actually Revelations one nineteen, write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are, and the things which shall be here, and the things, see, the things um, which thou hast seen, the past, and the things which are, the present, and the things which shall be thereafter, the future. And then it describes the kind of things involved there, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, are the angels of the seven churches. Now, People think, well, the seven stars are angels of the seven churches. They're talking about each, these seven churches each had a guardian. That's not what it's talking about at all. And that's the kind of mix-up and confusion that people have been into where they have missed the, the, the impose of truth. And they have missed the interpretation translation and the akava, the meaning that has been given for people to see the truth, and by seeing this truth, be able to overcome. So he was told to write it this way, to write, write revelations based on the past, the present, and the future. Someone said, well, that's just talking about the past of the earth. You don't know that. You don't know that, because God himself is, is Alpha and the Omega. So if you say it just has to do with the, with the earth, then you are basically categorizing that God just began being God uh, when the earth was created. <clears throat> and that 
you would leave the, the focus and the true picture of eternity and infinity out. The forever and ever and ever and ever. The never ending. Wow, the continuum. Someone says, why would God want us to know that? Why wouldn't he want you to know it? When he's trying to bring you back to who you once were. The Ophanims were the most ancient of all of the angels. They were, from, they were the first universe after the Ophan age. And they, were, they, they are the most ancient of all the angels. To lose the memory of that ancientness is why Jesus said, I must go away. I can't stay here on earth. And here's why. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come because you'll be totally concentrating in my flesh. But when I go away, you'll, you will be then dramatized to move into the spirit realm. And the, it is the spirit realm that will be able to lead you into all truth and to, to re return your memory. So that one day you will be known, as the scripture says, as you were once known. And so these little creatures called the Alphans, they lived back there in the Alpha Ages. And they dwelt with God although he separated them by the division of these flashes and, and energy dots. So that that was how they communicated. But think of what knowledge those little creatures with their smaller sized brains had. If their brain was the size of a pin dot, they were able to overcome everything that anybody could even imagine about how powerful a brain can be with just a pin dot size. Now, I think that there was more size than that. But nevertheless, it is important to understand that story. It is important to understand that the Bible tells us in the 20th chapter of, of, of Revelations, verse 8, that Gog and Magog are coming back. And when we understand the teachings that I've done, where in the, in the, in the ninth chapter... I believe it is of, uh, of Revelations. The angel gives a key to the bottomless pit to Lucifer, Lucifer Satan. And Lucifer Satan begins to build a kingdom within this, this bottomless pit of space. And it is out of there that Lucifer, uh, from this smoke, which represents that which is past. Anything that smoke is something that has once been. And it's been turned in from a physical form into a, a smoky or, or, or incredibly small form if you break down the smoke particleization. And so this smoke is bringing back this Gog and Magog revelation. And then he scorpionized it. And there's a whole story there that I will get into as I go into this teaching of the scorpions that it talks about in the book of Revelation and how that connects to the gogs, gogs that the Bible says are, will come from all the four corners of the world. And, and they're going to be a, an army of over 200 million persons 
coming against Israel. Israel not necessarily meaning the teeny little plot over in the Middle East, but also incorporating that. But meaning what the real, real meaning of the name Israel means because it has the word God in it, meaning defenders of, of God. That's what it really means. So as you get into this, you begin to see this. It's a wow. It's a wow that knocks down the dominoes and says we're not going line upon line, precept upon precept, a little here and a little there. We're not going there. Because the Bible says if you do go there, eventually you will fall backwards and be broken. I've heard several preachers say that is the way to go. They just don't know the scripture. So ladies and gentlemen, let's go on. Let's go on. Now we've read you of this thing of Hebrew 11.3. Let's look at some other awesome orders. Let's look in, um, in Genesis. Or pardon me, not Genesis, but Isaiah. Um, and let's just see where we're at here. Um, I got to watch it here. Or I'll just keep going and not end. I'm not even sure how long I've been going. But I think maybe I can crowd in another five minutes before we bring this session to an end. <clears throat> Isaiah 6. Isaiah is a, a, a great deep book. In the book of Isaiah 6, beginning with verse 2, it's talking about a certain king that lived, and the prophet Saul during that time the Lord sitting upon a throne high, we get back to this word high, and, and lifted up, his train filled the temple. Remember the word Magog, meant apex, meant high, above. Uh, there is a description there important. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six weeks, wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy. Now, someone might say, well, then these seraphims, they have six wings. So what does that mean? Are, are they connected to the Gog and the Agog? Well, <clears throat> many years ago when we had a church, a um, particular church uh, uh, group, society, which we don't have that now. We just do everything on the uh, internet. But <clears throat> we used to have people take on proxies for other people, people that had failed or were failing. They would take on a proxy. Well, in the belief system of the hope for all to be saved, there was a time that a group of angels were named in proxy for the Gog and the Magog, our fans. And so this six wings was in connection to that. But if you don't even want to take that aspect of it, and you just look at this thing that is so out of place to the earthly realm. We have the earthly realm with 
humans that have two arms and two legs. And then we, the average science community can't help but associate those two arms and, and uh, two-legged uh, walking people, but with apes. And that is not the truth either. That is not the revelation of the Holy Manifest either. But we can't get into everything today. But in the revelation of understanding that, look how strange it was to have this revelation of these seraphim, which is obviously a group of entities. They're actually a group of angels. And they came from a particular universe. And here it is, just right nestled in the scripture. And we're just getting a slight inside view of some incredible thing from long, long ago. Because what did the God tell John? Write, the 19th verse of the first chapter of Revelations, write about that which was, and that which is, and that which is to come. And, you know, that number becomes very profound. Because in the book of Proverbs, it gives you... This, it gives you the 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 entities and 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 uh, the six and then the one uh, additional additional that is the abomination of desolation uh, and and so this word six comes up again and again and again because it not only has you know meaning of that which is and which is to come but it is connected to that which was. Now, it's just like that the, the Hindu or the Indians, the, the East, East Indians, they were geniuses on producing various kinds of math and created the number zero and several of the, the digital numbers. But somehow, a lot of that credit got given to the, to the, the Arabs because they picked up some of that knowledge and they got it you know, publicized, but but it goes it, it went back to an ancient race even before them. There is so much that people do not know. There is so much that people need to know, and I'm just scratching the surface here. But I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going. I want to pass this message on to you. I want to get this part of the Holy Manifestor out on the factor of Gog. And if you will hang in there with me, hang and hold. If you will hang and hold, then you will begin to hear a truth that will put blisters on the false teachings that have been so profoundly adhered to by so many lost and delirious people. I love you. I am the Manifester. God bless.